only did he send the first man as a reminder, but then again, you know, time and time again, every time when mankind would, would stray away from the straight path, they all had understanding, they all had aql, they all had this which, which differentiated them from the other animals. You know, the, the ability to reason. They all could see that, you know, there has to be a creator of the heavens and the earth. And they all could see all of these things. <clears throat> and, and it wasn't long ago that the nations before them had been destroyed for disobedience. But he would still send another prophet. Until the time had passed when 124,000 prophets had been sent to mankind. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, وَإِمِّنْ قَرْيَةٍ إِلَّا خَلَا فِيهَا نَذِيرٍ In every single village have we sent a, a warner. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا مِنْ رَسُولٍ إِلَّا بِلِسَانِ قَوْمِهِ And every single warner did we send in the, in the language of the people. Not only was every single village sent a warner, but the warner came in the language that the people spoke. So all of these things, about why? <laughs> because of the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for mankind. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because if these people disobeyed and died in this disobedience, then they would be in hell forever and ever. So subhanallah, Allah can do with us as He wills, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he, he gives us chances. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is merciful upon us. See, this is the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. More than 70 mothers, it's mentioned in the, in the narrations. And on the other hand, the way Allah designed human beings is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala designed human beings with some flaws. Right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, وَخُلِقَ الْإِنسَانُ عَجُولًا Right? And that jald baaz hai. Right? Mankind, we, we, we want things to happen faster. You know, we're always impatient. Right? Uh, jahula, right? We, we sometimes uh, we we uh, uh, our ignorance gets the better of us, right? Um, and, and there's attributes of mankind mentioned in the Quran. And Subhanallah, uh, one of the attributes uh, and, and one of the things. See, the per the reason why it comes in it comes in Arabic. Proverb That one of the reasons why Insan was named Insan Is because in Arabic the word Nisyan means to forget Because of his forgetfulness So we were named Insan because we forget And that's why Allah, I don't know about the reality is But this is an, it's an Arabic uh, saying So mankind forgets so we forget, right? And, and hence we need to be reminded. And hence, you know, the, the benefit of reminding each other. But what happens is that, subhanAllah, uh, we forget the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So there is the love of Allah and there is the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's what shaitan does. Shaitan knows. Shaitan knows. And then the shaitan is a test. It's created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to test mankind. And he knows that. The mercy of Allah is infinite And the mercy of Allah is vast And the mercy of Allah will, will encompass anything Subhanallah And he knows that And his, he, his main objective Is number one to make man sin To drive man away from the mercy of Allah And then to not let him f repent And to not let him turn towards Allah again And then you know these thoughts come to the mind of a person 
that subhanallah how how can i you know i did it so many times i did the same sin so many times you know how will i be forgiven see but then the actual thing we need to understand so we talked about love mercy inshallah and we'll come back to it again but then we're going to talk about sin and how to get close to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after so there is we need to understand that there is no limit to the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We don't deal with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like a human being. Like a human being would, you know? That, oh, I did it again. You know, like our mother even. Not even our mother. You know, she, she would, there was, a, there, was a, there was a point where her patience would wear thin. And she'd be like, what, what's wrong with you, man? But not Allah. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said in, in the, in the me, near meaning of the hadith, you know, the mafhum, he says that even if a person does a sin 70 times a day, 70 times But every single time It was that he did the sin And he asked forgiveness Right From the bottom of his heart But then he ended up doing it again and, But he asked for forgiveness again And then he, he did it again See the condition of forgiveness Is at that point When you're asking for, for forgiveness You have the conviction That you're never going to do it again You never want to do it again You're never going to do it again But then you're human Right You forget you fall into sin again And then you do it again You do the sin again And then with so much You know regret And the convic- conviction That I've left this I'll never do it again Right Then it happens again If a person did this 70 times a day He has not done something big Because he Every single time He asks for forgiveness Right It comes in, in the hadith Qudsi Yabna Adam Law balagat Dhunubuka Anan as-sama that, O son of Adam, if your sins were to be so much, you know, that physical, tangible effect of a sin. Imagine, you know, we, we know there's a tangible effect. We know that it comes in the hadith that a black dot is placed upon your heart, right? And if the effect of your sins was to be so much that, you know, it started coming out of your heart and it started, it might have filled your body and it filled the room. And it filled till the ceiling. It comes in the hadith. The translation is, the literal translation is, it reaches the skies. You know, you sin so much, one person sins so much that the effect of his sins and the nahusat and the khabathat reaches the skies. Right? استغفرتني, and then you seek forgiveness from me. And then you ask for, for my forgiveness. I will forgive you and I wouldn't even care. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't hold grudges. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not going to decrease from His treasures or increase from His treasures if we do good or decrease from His treasures if we do bad. He says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the man's transgression is against his own self. Right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not in need of us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not need our good deeds. Our good deeds do not benefit Him and our sins do not harm Him. Our good deeds benefit us. Our sins harm us. Whatever bad befalls us is because of our own doings. So we have to understand the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, a, a, a person... He, he has sinned all his life and he accepts Islam. We know this. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala turns his sins into good deeds. And then he, and then he has starts off with a blank sheet. You know, you know, with a blank sheet of sins. But with regards to good deeds, his whole life of sins was turned into good deeds. 
Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam says, That after you do a sin, a sin happens. You do a sin. After doing that sin, follow it up really fast with a good deed, because that good deed will wipe out that sin. A person does a sin. You do a sin, right? Right after doing that sin, follow it up with a good deed, because that good deed will wipe out that sin. Rasulullah sallallahu said. Subhanallah. So there's so much, so much rooms. There's Allah subhanahu wa taala says, "Ya ibadi, ya ibadi, O my servant, O my servants, alladina asrafu ala anfusihim, who have wronged yourselves, right? Because we discussed that sins are are harming me. I am wronging myself with doing sins. Qul ya ibadi, qul o o messenger of Allah, tell them. It's in the Quran. Ya ibadi, my servants." الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ Who have wronged themselves. لَا تَقْنَطُوا مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ Don't despair. Don't be hopeless of the mercy of Allah. إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَغْفِرُ الذُّنُوبَ جَمِيعًا Indeed, Allah will forgive all sins. إِنَّهُ هُوَ الْغَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ Indeed, He is the most forgiving. He is the most merciful. My brothers and elders, <coughs> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves it. When a person turns, turns towards him. He says, وَأَنِيبُوا إِلَىٰ رَبِّكُمْ And turn towards your Lord. وَأَسْلِمُوا لَهُ And submit to him. مِنْ قَبْلِ أَنْ يَأْتِيَكُمُ الْعَذَابِ Before the punishment befalls you. See, a, a dua. What's, what's the difference between su'al and dua? Su'al, su'al is to ask. A beggar is a sa'il. Right? Sa'il. Rasulullah sallallahu he forbade from asking. He prohibited from asking. He said, it will come as... As, uh, as a, you know, your bones on the Day of Judgment, a person who asks without need, without actual need, he will come on the Day of Judgment without any meat on his face. His face will, will only have bones. And, and there's a lot of, <coughs> you know, wa'id, uh, and a lot of, uh, you know, where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi he prohibited from asking. But subhanAllah, that same question, because, because humans have needs, right? Everybody has needs. That same question, if we, if we were to direct it from the makhluk to the khaliq, that same question becomes dua. Right? What's the difference between su'al and dua? Su'al is asking the makhluk, and dua is asking the khaliq. That's it. The same question. I need money, I need food, I need water. Because, because we're supposed to ask of dunya from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rabbana atina. Of course, we're supposed to ask about the akhirah as well. But we're, we're supposed to ask of the dunya. There were the companions who were sitting down. A person came. He said, he, you know, he prayed two rakahs. He made dua. He left. Rasulullah said, he asked for salt. And he left. Subhanallah. So we're supposed to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It comes in the hadith. Even for your shoelaces. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we're supposed to ask Allah, and when Allah gives us from His treasures, without us asking the makhluk, then what will happen is our iman will increase. And that's the whole point, right? It's to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, so Allah loves when we ask Him. And what does He say about that? He says, He says, Ud'uni astajib lakum. Ud'uni astajib lakum. Ask for me. Ask from me and I will give you. Call me and I will answer you. He's talking about dua. Then he says right after that, Those people who have takabur, 
and because of their takabur, they leave my worship. So the ulama, they say that, what is he talking about here? The ibadah he is talking about is dua, right? Because he says, ask of me, I will give you. And those who are too proud to ask of me, right? We'll put them in the hellfire. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dislikes when we don't ask Him. It's a 180 degree shift from the human mentality. We dislike, even if you have a billionaire who's your friend, and he says, Ask me whatever you want, a time will come when he will block your number. <laughs> What's going on? But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dislikes it when we don't ask of Him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes it as takabur. He says, it is, this person, is, he thinks he has everything. This person thinks that he has everything. He thinks he doesn't need me. He doesn't need to ask of me. We have to ask of Allah. Even we, if, if we have everything, we don't have hidayah. We don't have, we don't have you know, isma minan nar. We have to ask Allah. We have to, we have to get his forgiveness. We have to get his, his mercy. And keep on asking of him. Be specific. And then subhanAllah, we're actually branching off a little bit, but then there's an adab of asking. You know, he says, right? That, that make, the, can make the face of crying. He says, cry. When we're asking of Allah, then cry. And when we're asking of Him, cry and ask of Him. And if we're not able to cry, then make a face as if we're crying. Allah knows, and we know, but it's, it's the heart that matters. It's the thought that counts. Right? And this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is how merciful He is. Right? He says, even if you, can't make, if you can't cry, then make the face like you're crying. SubhanAllah. <laughs> and He will accept it. So my brothers, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is the most merciful. He is the most forgiving. In another place, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about dua, He says, uh, you know, um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when my servants, they ask you about me. He, then he doesn't say, tell them. He says, then he, he omits the, 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 the portion of the statement where, he, you know, because it would have been, then tell them that I am near. He directly addresses them. So it, this is in Arabic, to show his eagerness, his love, his closeness. When my servants ask you about me, then I am near. Where is it? Um, وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِي عَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ أُجِيبُ دَعْوَةَ الدَّاعِ إِذَا دَعَانِ I answer the call of the caller when he calls upon me. أُجِيبُ دَعْوَةَ الدَّاعِ إِذَا دَعَانِ Right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the closest. He says, He's the closest being to us. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? وَنَحْنُ أَقْرَبُ إِلَيْهِ مِنْ حَبْلِ الْوَرِيدِ That I'm closer to you than your juggler veins. Where is our juggler veins? You know, it's, it's beautiful. The, the, way, the reason why even juggler veins, because you know, this is the, the river of life. If a juggler is cut, it's very difficult for a person to survive. Right? SubhanAllah. And he says, I'm closer to you, you know, than your juggler veins. How important are our juggler veins to our existence? Even, even more important, right, is our closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And how close are they to us? They're inside of our body, right? They're right here. He says, I'm closer to you than your juggler veins. He is with you wherever you may be. This is from the Quran, right? He is all seeing of what you do. So my brothers, we have to understand. Right? There was a brother you know, from our close friends. 
uh, he got married. So a traditional Pakistani thing, you know, he got, they, they got him nikah. His nikah was done. But his rukhsati wasn't happening. You know, they're like, oh, let her study and let her, you know, what you call it, and this and that. Right? So, Bichara, he was waiting so long and he started getting depressed. Right? So, we took him to one of the mashayikh. Right? And, uh, you know, we, we just went to one of the mashayikh. It wasn't for this reason. We, so, the first thing he asks, asks him, he's like, oh, Assalamu alaikum, was it, you know? <laughs> Uh, make dua for my for my rukhsati, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm just there. It it wasn't getting to me in the beginning, but now it started getting to my head, you know. And it's I'm thinking about this all day, and I'm starting to despise my father-in-law now, and he's keeping something that's mine away from me. And you know, the sheikh, okay, <laughs> he goes into the whole discussion of because he got you know in Arabic zafaf, you know, he got married, but he didn't get the zafaf. So this is it was beautiful, Subhanallah. What he told him. He says, right? He says, he says, look, he says, if if you've never loved in your life, then when Allah talks about his love, the love of Allah, how do you even know what he's talking about? You'll be imagining something that you've that you never felt. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put this connection, this relationship there between you know all husbands and wives, and especially in your life, you know. You know, you, you feel the love, you know, you feel it, you feel your heart burning. For you to understand that this love here between the husband and the wife is ishqi majazi, is, is love which is a reflection of the real love. Because there's only one real love in this life. And that's the love of Allah and His, and his creation. That's the love of Allah between His creation and love of the creation for Allah. That's ishqi haqiqi, that is the real love. All other love is ishqi majazi is reflections of that real love, right? And maybe he wanted you to feel how it feels to be in love, for you to understand that why am I not feeling this for Allah? And for you to start working towards feeling like that about your Creator, about wanting to meet Him, about wanting to see Him, right? He said, He says, did you ever experience ishqa haqiqi? Did you ever experience real love, right? So after that, subhanAllah, whatever he would, when the brother would feel like this, he would just say, oh, ishqa majazi, ishqa majazi. <laughs> He would say, fake love, fake love, you know? So the, the point is, my brothers, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is real. And, and the ones who love Allah, that feeling of love between them and Allah is far greater, it's far greater than any other love in this life. Is he, what, did, what is the greatest love? What is the greatest form of unconditional love? You know, even the love between a husband and a wife is transactional. You know, it, you know, she loves him, mashallah, but he stops paying the rent, you know. Then she's going to be like, go pay the rent, man. Go get out of here. It's, 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 it's transactional. Except for the mother. For the love of the mother is unconditional. The, the mothers of murderers still love their children. But he's my child, you know. He's just got bad company. The, the mothers, uh, subhanAllah, it's an amazing, amazing, subhanAllah, relationship. You know, the, the, the kid is born... And the child is born, and subhanAllah, the child is sleeping. When the child wakes up, he cries, looks at the you know, Every time he wakes up, he cries, and then looks at the mother, and, and he, he gets calmed down. SubhanAllah. It's, you know, just a lot of times, I, I, you know, alhamdulillah, a little five month old, a lot of times I just catch the mother and the son just looking at each other. You know? <laughs> SubhanAllah. It's, it's an amazing, it's an amazing relationship. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when He describes His love, he described, you know, that he says 70 times more than the love of the mother. is the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of his, with his creation. 
He wants us to turn. You know, Rasulullah sallallahu said, when a servant of Allah, who was far away from Allah, he turns close to Allah, and he turns towards Allah. Allah is so happy, he is happier than a person. He needed to describe this. Than a person in a desert, who had a camel, and on that camel was all the things that needed to, to, for him to survive. His water, his food, whatever was on that camel. And he fell asleep with the camel tied under a tree and he woke up and the camel has broken the rope and is gone. Now he knows what's going to happen to him, the impending doom, and he thinks he's going to die, right? And what happens after that? He sees the camel come back, right? And he is so happy, he is so happy, this person who sees his camel come back is so happy that he's thanking Allah and out of him thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he messes up his words. And he says, oh Allah, you're my slave and I'm your Lord. This, because a person would never say that, right? But this is the limit of his happiness, right? That he's, he messes up his words, he forgets what he's saying. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I'm happier when my slave comes towards me than this person when he finds his camel. Subhanallah. This is the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He wants us. Wallahu yad'u ila daris salam. Allah is calling towards Jannah. Allah is calling towards the house of peace. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. See, this is actually the only fi'l that, you know, that we're sharik with that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also does. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a da'i. He's a caller towards the truth. And He also wants us to call towards the truth. Right? So my, the point is, my brothers, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most loving. And, and now, uh, let me talk about sins now. You know, we, we talked, we felt, we felt good about sins, you know, we can turn back. What about, what about us? You know, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, A person, you know, Allah has written for him sustenance. But because of him falling into sins, he makes himself, you know, he makes himself... Uh, deprived of that sustenance Your sustenance decreases Your life, you know what sustenance? What's rizq? Your wife is rizq Your children are rizq Your life is rizq And it's not only food and water right? That's, that's, the, that's the basic rizq Everything else is rizq Your sakina The peace in your heart is rizq Right? Rasulullah said Inna rajula Indeed a person La yuhramur rizqa Is de- deprived of his sustenance, of the sustenance that was written for him, because of the sins he does. We, de- we deprive ourselves of sustenance. We deprive ourselves of life on earth. We deprive ourselves. And this makes a lot of sense too. A person drinks alcohol, he's cutting down his days on earth, right? Maybe he, he was written for him a longer life. But the, the point is, my brothers, every single sin is the disobedience of Allah. You know what is haya? What is haya? Sometimes we, we misinterpret haya. What is haya? Haya literally is translation. What do you translate haya as? You know, it's, it's, the, it's being shy. It's, it's, uh, for a person to not do sin in front of people is not haya. It's actually a form of shirk. For a person, he, he says, oh, I'm afraid of, you know, I have haya. He doesn't do a sin in front of the people. He didn't do a sin for who? For the people, he 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 is associating partners with Allah. This is this is of hayat. The, the real meaning of hayat, my brothers, is to be 
bashful of Allah is to be shy from when a person is alone and when he is alone he doesn't do a sin then he can say I didn't do the sin out of haya he can't say that in front of people that's not haya that's not the definition of haya he, did a, he didn't do the sin because of the fear of people doing a good deed because of the people not doing a sin because of the fear of the people okay you know you didn't do the sin but for who right for what reason the point is my brothers the point is that haya is when a person doesn't do a sin when he's alone it's only him and Allah when Allah forgive us a lot of the times we only do the sin when we're alone you know look at look at where we are and look at where we need to be a lot of the times we only do the sin when we're alone whereas it would have it should have been that it's only me and Allah right it's it's how can I it's in front of my creator that's where we need to go my brothers that's what we need to develop we need to develop this understanding, this yaqeen, that Allah is seeing us, Allah is hearing with us, Allah is with us. One of the mashayikh, he would make the brothers do the zikr. Allahu hadhiri, Allahu nadhiri, Allahu ma'i. Actually, Mu'ana Yusuf Mutala, rahmatullahi alayhi, and then his, uh, his sheikh, my teacher, Muhammad Salam from Trinidad and Tobago. Allahu Hadiri and he had a nice little sing song voice. Allahu Hadiri, Allahu Nadiri. Sit down, understand, ponder, focus, make this come into our hearts. Allah is with us, Allah is listening to us, Allah is hearing with us, Allah is hearing us, Allah is with us. We feel Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, feel his presence, right? We should have our, our hair rise on our bodies when we feel the, the presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our eyes should drip tears, right? It's in the Quran. Because of the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. My brothers, Allah is real. Allah is real. The love of His love is real. Out of His infinite love, subhanAllah, He made us human being. He made us Muslim. He made us Muslim in the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu Such a great gift. Such a great gift of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He could have made us Muslim in any other ummah. This is the ummah about which the prophets prayed to Allah to make them from amongst this ummah. They would, you know, when they would be told the fadail of the ummah of Rasulullah then they said, Ya Allah, give us this ummah. Make that ummah our ummah. They said, no, this is the ummah of Rasulullah They said, okay, make us from amongst that ummah. When Isa will come, he will pray behind Al-Mahdi. Imam Mahdi will do Israr. He will say, lead the salah. You're the messenger of Allah. He will say, no. I did not come as a messenger, I came as an ummati. And he will make Imam Mahdi lead the salah and he will stand behind him shoulder to shoulder to the, to the ummatis of Rasulullah which shows the rank of the normal people of this ummah that they get to stand behind, you know, they get to stand in the same row as, as Ruhullah alayhi salatu wasalam. My brothers, on the door of Jannah, Rasulullah says, it is written in gold, there's La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah, that's written. Another statement that is written is whatever you have consumed, you used, whatever you have sent forward, you know, you have saved, and whatever you have left behind, you have wasted. Right? That's, that's very deep as well. We can go into it another time, inshallah. Rasulullah, regarding that, Rasulullah says, Who loves the wealth of his inheritors more than his own wealth? Companion said, everybody loves his own wealth. Why would he love the wealth of his inheritors? He says, whatever you did not use is the wealth of your inheritors. Right? Our bank balances, you know, it's almost about to be a million dollars, 957,000, you know. 
Whose wealth is that? Right? It's the wealth of our inheritors. On the door of Jannah, it is written, whatever you have used, whatever you have used was yours. Whatever you sent forth, you have saved. And whatever you have left behind, you have lost. Right? The, the Prophet ﷺ, a goat was slaughtered. And, uh, you know, a, a person came to ask and he gave him a shoulder and then a piece of the goat. And subhanAllah, Sayyidina Aisha said, there's only this one shoulder left. He said, no, the whole goat is left except this shoulder. Because we will get that back. We will get that back, subhanAllah. Zubair radiallahu an, the, the husband of the daughter of Abu Bakr radiallahu an, he had two daughters, right? Sayyidina Aisha and Sayyidina Asma. Asma radiallahu anha was married to Zubair bin Awam. And his son was Abdullah bin Zubair, who was the first boy that was born to the Muhajireen after they came to Medina. He was the cousin of, he was the uh, cousin of Abdurrahman bin Bakr, Abu Bakr. He was the nephew of Sayyidina Aisha radiallahu anha. So Zubair radiallahu an, he was a very uh, amanadar person. He was very trustworthy. We're, we're, we're going on a tangent. We're going to come back, inshallah. He was very trustworthy. Because he was very trustworthy, a lot of companions, a lot of people would come with wealth and, you know, because they didn't have banks back in the days. And thank God they didn't. Right? They would come to these people and they would give it to them and they would say, hold our wealth for us. Now he had a little mud house. He, how much wealth could he save? So what he would do is, he would take, this is yaqeen, this is yaqeen in the, in the, in the presence of Allah, in the promises of Allah. He would take whatever people would give him and he would say, don't give it to me as a qarz. Don't give it to me, sorry, don't give it to me as amana. Because in, in, there's, a, there's a small difference. Just give it to me as a qarz, as a loan. Why? Because in amana, in, in, in fiqh, we learn that if in amana a person gives you a $10 bill, you have to give him back that same $10 bill. But a qarz, a loan, he gives you a $10 bill, you can give him back any $10 bill, right? When he comes to ask for it. So... He said, give it to me as a qarth. So everybody would come and they would give him wealth as a qarth. And what he would do with that wealth, as soon as the person left, he would give it in sadaqah. And he would tell Allah, Ya Allah, I'm giving it to you. And he would give it in sadaqah. And when I need it, I want you to give it back to me. That's it. Subhanallah. You know, that's the bank. <laughs> that's how much yaqeen they had in Allah. And subhanallah, when he passed away, when he passed, he, he, was, he passed away in battle. I believe it was the battle of, of Muta. No, it was no, not Muta because it was after the Prophet had passed. I think it was Qadisiyah. Wallahu alam, I forget. He told his son, Abdullah bin Zubair. He said that, I have a lot of debt, right? Because a lot of people gave me things and I gave them all in sadaqah. He said, I have a lot of debt. And Mufti Harun, he said, he made the, 12th, he made the seventh year kids uh, calculate how much debt it was, about $12 billion, Right? That's how much in today's money. So he said, I have a lot of debt. And uh, whenever you need help, then call upon my master. I go to my master, ask him for help. He said, I didn't know you were a slave. Right? You know, so he, was, <laughs> he, he, then he said, I found out later he was talking about Allah. And whenever he would say that, uh, Mawla, because Mawla, the word Mawla in Arabic is, you know, we don't, is used as a master from, of a freed slave. So coming back, the third thing written, on the doors of Jannah. The third thing written on the doors of Jannah is Ummatun Mudhnibah Warabun Ghafur. It's written a sinful nation and a ever forgiving Lord. 
a sinful nation and a ever forgiving Lord. Allah wrote this on the doors of Jannah, right? Because nobody, nobody will enter Jannah because of his good deeds. The Prophet said, even the companion said, even you, O Prophet of Allah, he said, even me. He said, nobody will enter Jannah because of his good deeds. They will only enter Jannah because of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even me, he said, even me. Because subhanAllah, all our good deeds, you know, can be traded for a sip of water. All our good deeds can be traded for a day of fresh air, for our heart beating, can be traded for, subhanAllah, you know, the, the happiness we feel when our child looks at us. All of these, all of the, what, what's a sajda worth in the eyes of Allah? Dr. Musbah said this a lot, you know, what's a sajda worth in the eyes of Allah? He gave us the ability to do sajda, and for that we can exchange our whole life. So the point is, my brothers, nobody enters Jannah for his good, because of his good deeds. And because of that, it is written on the doors of Jannah. Ummatun mudhnibah wa rabbun ghafoor. An ever-sinning nation and an ever-forgiving Lord. Rasulullah said, Kullu bani Adam wa Everybody, Every single son of Adam is a sinner, and the best of sinners are those who are who are uh, who seek forgiveness Rasulullah a person he was in the Kaaba this is you know later on narrated by Abdullah bin Mubarak in those times a person was in the Kaaba he was making dua and, and I believe it was Abdullah bin Mubarak he, you know he recorded his dua he says Ya Allah Allahumma antal anal awadu bil dhamb wa antal awadu bil maghfir faghfir li he says Ya Allah I am, I am a habitual sinner that's my habit I always sin He said Ya Allah You are You have the habit to forgive You are a person who You are an individual Who habitually forgives I habitually sin Right I Forgive me So we have to Ask forgiveness from Allah And ask forgiveness for him Multiple times a day Rasulullah says, I ask forgiveness a hundred times a day. Rasulullah used to ask forgiveness from Allah a hundred times a day. See, a person can only be held accountable for his sins if he dies without forgiveness. Because if he asks forgiveness, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I forgive, comes in the hadith, a person, he says, Astaghfirullah alladhi la ilaha illahu al-hayyul qayyum wa atubu three times. And remember brothers, just to finish the hadith, Allah will forgive him even if he ran away from battle. Look, the, the conditions of forgiveness are that I am sincere, bottom of my heart, you know, I'm sincere. And the second condition is that I have a conviction that I'll never do it again. I'll never do it again. So, uh, one of the brothers he used to vape, you know, young guys. He, he would buy a vape for $21, he would do it a little bit. Then he would throw it away. Just throw it away. Then tomorrow he would go buy a vape again. <laughs> and then he would, so this guy, you know, it, it lasts a long time, but he would just get, you know, a, you know, his heart would change and he would throw it away. You know, so, you know, may Allah help him and help all of us. The point is that, you know, such conviction, I will never do it again. And then he, if a person falls into the sin again, and asks forgiveness from Allah again. Right? One of the tricks of shaitan is to make us hopeless of the mercy of Allah. To make us hopeless. And this is what Allah says, Ya Ibadi. But then He also says, right? 
So there's two ways, right? There's raja al-imanu bayn al-khawfi wa raja. We have to have umid. We have to have hope in the mercy of Allah. At the same time, we have to fear Allah. It's not all, you know, hope and hope and we do sins willy-nilly and we'll go to Jannah. We ask forgiveness. That's not how it works, right? Because again, there's hope and at the same time, there's fear, right? Imam Ghazali said, Iman is like a bird with two wings. If any wing is longer or shorter than the other, the bird cannot fly. One wing is the hope and the other wing is fear. Is is an equal amount of fear of Allah, Right? SubhanAllah, Sayyidina Umar said if the announcement was made on the Day of Judgment that the whole of mankind would go to hell except for one person, then I would hope that I'm that one person. But if the announcement was made that the whole of mankind will enter Jannah except for one person, I would fear that maybe I'm that one person. So we're talking about sins and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّمَا التَّوْبَةُ عَلَى اللَّهِ لِلَّذِينَ يَعْمَلُونَ السُّوءَ بِجَهَالَةً ثُمَّ يَتُوبُونَ مِنْ قَرِيبٍ فَأُولَٰئِكَ يَتُوبُ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ That tawbah is for those people who do, who sin. And Allah says sin out of ignorance because even if you know you're sinning, it's, you're still ignorant, right? And then right after that, they seek forgiveness from Allah. Those are the people who Allah turns towards with forgiveness. Tawbah is not for those people who continue to do bad things, right? And then when the time of death comes, he says, Inni an. And he says, Now I seek forgiveness. Now I do tawbah. He has died as a disbeliever. Shaitan, right? He, even Fir'aun, subhanAllah. Fir'aun, it comes in the Quran. He says, When he was drowning, he says, I believe in the Lord of Harun and Musa. He said that, right? And Jibreel, he stuffed dirt into his mouth. That he, because if he keeps on saying that, Allah is still going to forgive him, right? So, and then subhanAllah, you know, it was said, Now you ask forgiveness now. Actually, Fir'aun, every single time he would ask for you, you know, because... Uh, it comes in the Quran, right? Al-Qiradata uh, Wal-Khana No, what was it? Uh, there's seven things that they were tested with I forget the ayah, subhanAllah So the seven things they were tested with um, And, and الدف, uh, What is the ayah? Al-Jirada Al-Qummala Al-Qummala Wal-Dafadi'a Seven things they were tested with so every time a test would come upon them, they would, he would go to Musa and he would say, you know, I, I, that's it, take it away, ask your Lord, we seek forgiveness. And so seven things, the, the water turned into blood and their, you know, their firstborn died and the frogs came and you know, all these tests, after every single test, he would go to Musa So there's a difference. There's a difference. A person seeks forgiveness with a pure heart, Allah forgives him. A person seeks forgiveness and he knows, he knows, I'm going to do it again. That's not forgiveness. He has to have the conviction that I will never do it again. And then if he falls into it again, he, Allah forgives him. That's different. But if he knows, even for a slight percentage, that I'm going to do it again, I might do you know, th- No, that's not, Allah will not forgive him. Hence, Allah did not forgive Fir'aun. Right? Because he said, I, I believe in the Lord of Harun and Musa. Right? He basically said, La ilaha illallah. But, 
but it was too late, right? Because he had seen the adab. Rasulullah said, we'll end with this inshallah. So, so there, there has to be an equal amount. My point is, there has to be equal amount in the hope of the mercy of Allah, His love, and the fear of His punishment, the fear of His wrath. Rasulullah said, Inna Allaha, Inna Allaha la yaqbalu tawbat al-abdi ma lam Beautiful, deep, hair-raising. He says, what is gharghara? When you slaughter an animal, right? And the last, the last air that comes out of his mouth makes the sound. Right before he dies. This is called in Arabic, tagharghara. This is the ruh leaving the body. Rasulullah says, Allah inna Allah, indeed Allah, la yaqbalu, indeed he accepts tawbat al-abdi, the tawbah, the forgiveness of a servant. Ma lam until, until the gharghara. Because while the gharghara happens, you know, at the time of death, you know, there is, there is a sakarat al-maut, the beginning, pangs of death. You, you don't know what's going on. You're like, what's my heart? What's going on? And then a time comes when the, the veils are lifted, at the time of gharghara. You see the angels of mercy or the angels of adab. May Allah save us. You see them coming. You see that, you know, you see subhanallah that, the, the, the veils are lifted You see that there was always angels Oh my god There was always an angel here And always an angel here There's, there's Kiram and Katibin There's the Hafadha Right Hafadha are the seven angels That protect Every single one of us Right There's the angels of mercy That come for, to take the soul Or there's the angels of death So a person can see this At the time of death Before he dies Right Which is why You see the YouTube videos All the guys are looking up Looking up And they're circling And boom They, they fall down And this happens like Hundreds of times All over You know People have seen it And CCTV cameras Is captured Because Until the veils are lifted You know Iman has Iman exists What is Iman? What does Iman mean? Iman means to believe And what does belief mean? Is to believe Because If you see something You don't need to believe it you already saw it, right? If, 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 if you see something, somebody won't say, believe me, it's there. I can see it. I don't need to believe, right? To believe in something. Iman is to believe in the promises of Allah and His Messenger based on your truthfulness, your assumption of their truthfulness. Because if, if you saw the promises, if you saw Jannah and Jahannam, then you wouldn't need to have Iman. You would already see it. To Iman is to believe in the unseen. To believe in the unseen based on the promises of Allah and His Messenger. So that's why the tawbah is not accepted after you see. You see the angels of death. So the point is we don't know when we're going to die. We don't know when we're going to die. The Prophet ﷺ said, you know, the companions would say that I don't know if I'll be able to say the second salam. He, would, he was drinking. He said, I don't know if I'll be able to put the bowl down from my mouth. We don't know, the time of death is not disclosed, right? Which is why we need to constantly be in a condition of preparedness to go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One of my, you know, our close elders, you know, he would clean himself in Jummah, get rid of the unwanted hair, you know, say, you know, and, and, and take a shower, you know, and then he would say, I'm ready to die. <laughs> So the point is that we have to always be in the condition to be ready to die. It should never be when we're not ready to die. And, and that is when we are, we're in the condition of tawbah, when we have done tawbah. Imam Malik, rahmatullahi alayhi, would not leave Medina because he said, what if I die outside Medina? So <laughs> this, is, this is the, 
you know, this is how the Yaqeen people had. This is the belief they had. About Yaqeen, Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anh said, if we saw Jannah in Jahannam, it wouldn't increase our belief because that's how much due to the remembrance of it, the tadhkirah of it. This is what da'wah is. What is da'wah? Why is da'wah so necessary? Because da'wah is to repeat the unseen, is to talk about the unseen, is to talk about, uh, you know, آمنت بالله وملائكته وكتبه ورسله واليوم الآخر والقدر خيره وشره من الله والبعث بعد الموت. All of these things are the unseen. To talk about the unseen is to talk about is to talk about is this da'wa, and that's why da'wa has the first effect on the da'i. <coughs> da'wa is for who? Is for the da'i. So what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? قُلْ هَذِهِ سَبِيلِي أَدْعُو إِلَى اللَّهِ عَلَى بَصِيرَةٍ أَنَا وَمَنِ اتَّبَعَنِي كُلُّ مُتَّبِعِ الرَّسُولِ عَلَيْهِ مَسْؤُولِيَةَ الرَّسُولِ He said, O oh, oh Messenger of Allah, tell them that I call towards Allah with wisdom, me and those who believe in me, and those who follow me. Everyone who follows Rasulullah sallallahu has a responsibility that Rasulullah sallallahu had. Individually. Rasulullah was responsible for the whole of mankind till the day of judgment. I am also responsible till for the, because of the wow. Ana woman tabani. The wow is wow al ataf. Masuliya al masuliya alati waqaat ala al ala lav ana. Hiya nafs al masuliya alati waqaat ala man tabani. Li ajli wow al ataf. In Arabic, the wow means and. The, the, the responsibility that fell upon the ana is the same responsibility that falls upon those who follow him. So we all have the responsibility that Rasulullah Sallallahu had. Why? You know, da'wah is for the da'i. I tell somebody, because all of us are listening, right? Is one channel to the heart. If you speak, it's three channels to the heart. You think about it, you speak it, you hear yourself speak it, right? And then you understand it and it goes down into your heart. Subhanallah. And, and subhanAllah, you know, if, if the Sahaba went to the people, for the people, you know, nothing would have happened. You know, the, 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 the da'i has the purest of hearts. He goes for his self. He goes for the sake of Allah. He goes to fulfill his responsibility. And he goes for the khair, for the islah of the people in front of him. The Sahaba never wanted bad for those who they fought, you know. It so happened that they attacked and they had to defend themselves. They always wanted those people to enter Jannah. They went with peace and blessings and benefit and open hearts. And, and the people, they, they, they fought against them. And, and, and which is why, you know, Hurmuz, when he came to Sayyidina Umar, he says, لو, لو جعلت الحرب بيننا وبينك فكان النتيجة واضحة ولكنك جعلت الحرب بيننا وبين الله a fire worshipper, he is telling Umar radiallahu anhu, Umar radiallahu said, how did this happen? This guy is filled with gold, 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 you know, Persian prince. He's dragged to Umar radiallahu anhu, who's wearing a cloth with 17 patches in a little mud house in Medina. And he said, how did this happen? He says, you made us fight Allah. So how can we win against Allah? That's what he told him. So this is what happens when a da'i, you know, he goes to the people with love in his heart. They, they, they fight against him, they fight against the one whose message he is bearing. And that's our responsibility because da'wah increases our iman, inshallah. And we're going to finish off with this. That my brothers, we have to understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most loving, the most merciful. But he is also al-muntaqim, he is also the one who seeks 
you know, who, who, who takes revenge for the, from those who have transgressed. And see, sin, a lot of times, you know, every single sin is something which harms either myself or harms society. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He does not like when the balance of peace is disturbed. He does not like when society is harmed, when His earth is harmed. He made us the Khalifa. Inni ja'ilun fil ardi Khalifa. He made us His vicegerents on earth. He made us people who are to uphold His laws on earth. See, we talked about sinning alone. We talked about, you know, the, 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 the nahusa of sin. It, it takes away the nur of your face, right? Rasulullah said that the Qiyamul Layl brings the nur on the face. It, it brings a light on a believer's face. Same way, the sins, they take away that light. They take away that light from our heart. It makes our heart black. They take away the physical light on a person's face. You look at somebody and you, you just like, this person is ugly. You know, you know, a beautiful person, mashallah, because Allah created everybody beautiful, but there, there's something eerie about this person. There's something nahusa. It's the nahusa of the sin. You know, you, you, you don't want to talk to them. You don't want to look at them. Because it's a tangible thing. And just how, you know, you know, good deeds, they fill a person's life. What did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Because see, the, the blessings of Jannah start from this world. مَنْ عَمِلَ صَالِحًا مِّنْ ذَكَرِنَّ وَأُنْثَى وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنْ فَلَنُحْيِيَنَّهُ حَيَاةً طَيِّبًا Whoever does good deeds from the believing men and the women, we will make him live a good life. We will make him live hayatan tayyiba. The ulama, they see the blessings of Jannah start from this world. On the other hand, وَمَنْ أَعْرَضَ عَنْ ذِكْرِي فَإِنَّ لَهُ مَعِيشَةً ضَنْكَ The person turns away from the remembrance of Allah, lives his life in sin without seeking forgiveness from Allah, then his life is tight. And his life is, the, 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 the displeasures of Jahannam, they start from this life. They start from this life. From brothers, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the understanding. May Allah give us His closeness. May Allah allow us to become callers towards, towards the truth, towards Jannah. May Allah forgive us. May Allah accept us, inshallah. Usually they do dhikr, right? Before the dua. So what dhikr do they do? Subhanallah, alhamdulillah. Inshallah, let's do dhikr, inshallah. And then we're going to do dua. And then we're going to pray our, our shuruq. Two rakah and then two rakah and then we'll go down for breakfast. Breakfast is ready, inshallah. Breakfast is ready, inshallah. Right? Bismillah. La ilaha illallah. La ilaha illallah. La ilaha illallah. La ilaha illallah. La ilaha illallah 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 
سبحان الله 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 الحمد لله 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 الله اكبر 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 استغفر الله 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 
Astaghfirullah 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 السلام منك السلام تبارك ربنا وتعاليت يا ذا الجلال والإكرام يا ربنا لك الحمد كما ينبغي لجلال وجهك ولعظيم سلطانك سبحان الله وبحمده عدد خلقه ورضا نفسه وزنة عرشه ومداد كلماته اللهم اغفر لنا ذنوبنا كلها دقها وجلها وأولها وآخرها وعلانيتها وسرها اللهم يا ربنا تقبل منا ما كان صالحا وأصلح لنا ما كان فاسدا ووفقنا لما تحب وترضى اللهم استخلصنا واستقدمنا واستعملنا في دينك يا رب العالمين اللهم أرنا الحق حقا وارزقنا اتباعه وأرنا الباطل باطلا وارزقنا اجتنابه اللهم اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم من النبيين والصديقين والشهداء والصالحين وحسن أولئك رفيقا اللهم استخلصنا واستقدمنا واستعملنا لدينك ولا تستبدلنا يا رب العالمين اللهم ألهمنا مراشد أمورنا وأجرنا من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات عمالنا اللهم اشف مرضانا ومرضى المسلمين وارحم موتانا وموت المسلمين يا رب العالمين اللهم إنا نعوذ بك من الهم والحزن ونعوذ بك من العجز والكسل ونعوذ بك من الجبن والبخل ونعوذ بك من غلبة الدين وقهر الرجال أصبحنا وأصبح الملك لله والحمد لله رب العالمين برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين الحمد لله رب. إن شاء الله 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 إن شاء الله